Keith. An old man fled up the aisle toward the back doors. At least three ladies slumped willy-nilly sideways in their seats as friends and family fanned and patted them. I was still laughing as the torso reached me. That was great, Papa, I said. Really great. Yes, perfect, my father answered and grinned, but we'd better put them out of their misery quick. He stripped off the doctored overcoat to reveal the evening clothes beneath, carefully tailored and pinned, for he had no legs whatsoever. He trotted back out on stage on his hands in time to meet his other half, a midget, now with a trouser waist rolled down to reveal his head. Someone pointed at them and nudged his neighbor. Then through the rear curtains emerged the original volunteer, my Uncle Jack, whole and complete with legs, the spitting image of my father, for he was his twin. Someone hooted as the joke dawned on him. Another joined in, and soon the auditorium echoed with thunderous applause. I put my arms around the boy assistants, who stood to either side of me, and squeezed affectionately. Magnificent, wasn't it, lads? I said. In the dressing room after the show, Colonel Kingston clapped my father on the back and almost knocked him off the wooden stool where he perched, swaddled in his cut-down dressing gown. Wonderful idea, Andrew, absolutely wonderful. You should thank Florence, said my father. He nodded at my mother, who sat in a cozy chair crocheting with nimble toes. I would have played the bottom half myself, she said, but alas, I am too tall. I'm afraid we shall have to stick to bicycling. My parents had an act wherein they rode a bicycle together. He, with no legs, was able to steer. She, with no arms, could nevertheless pedal admirably, despite her long skirts and petticoat. How were receipts, Arthur? asked my father as he massaged macassar oil into his hair and smoothed his locks into glossy place. Colonel Kingston shook his head and leaned on his cane with both hands. Could be worse, my boy, he said but his mouth was pinched and his white whiskers bristled. The crowds were smaller these days, and performers had begun to leave and join new shows. The better acts could make more money elsewhere. Colonel Kingston had hoped that the shows at Fairyland would finance him through his old age, but a stationary show needed continued variety to keep the audience coming back, and no new acts had joined us. Lately, I had more than once interrupted a worried conversation between my parents. Fairyland had formerly been a spa where the rich from Washington and Baltimore took the waters for their health. It had fallen into disfavor years ago, and Arthur Kingston, veteran of three circuses and one war, had bought the property for a song to create a resort that would offer the finest educational entertainments and display of oddities to be seen in one place since the great Barnum's second New York Museum burned to ashes in 1868. I had lived in Fairyland most of my life. The grounds of Fairyland consisted of a colonial mansion called the Castle, the Elven Gardens, and Pixie Village, where the midgets and dwarfs lived in miniature houses, alongside a tiny church and a fire station complete with a pint-sized fire wagon pulled by Shetland ponies and manned by a troop of Pixie firefighters. When customers walked through Pixie Village at certain times of the day, a bonfire was almost certain to be out of control and in need of extinction for their delighted pleasure. The rest of us, including three giants, lived in the castle, where visitors attended matinee and evening performances in the Great Hall, 
an extravaganza of amazing oddities, mystifying the audience with their uncanny skills, death-defying deeds, and wondrous physiognomy. After the audience had gone and the theater had closed for the night, I made my way up a back staircase to my family's apartments. But before I reached my front door, Phoebe's little brother scampered up to me, yelping my name. What is it, Apollo? I asked. I tozled the twelve-year-old's silky blonde hair. Like his sister and mother, Apollo the puppy boy had long hair everywhere. Like his father, he was prone to excitement. Violet and Rose are leaving, Apollo said between gasps. My gut sank. The Giovanni Siamese twins were stars of the show. I hurried after Apollo down to the main entrance. In the front hall, a small group of performers and staff were whispering and glancing to where Colonel Kingston talked to the Giovanni twins' father. Apollo bounded over to...